With $17 billion in spending and a host of controversial amendments between them, the House and Senate must figure out a way to reconcile very different versions of the National Defense Authorization Bill. That's part of an agenda with just two weeks to go until a month-long recess. Here with his assessment, the Fulcrum Editor-in-Chief David Hawkins. And David, they've got to reconcile, but they can't reconcile. <laughs> it's almost like immovable forces and irresistible objects or something. That's sort of the way it looks at the moment. Um, the good news is that that the NDAA, which is, you know, everything in the, everything at the Pentagon is acronyms, NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act, some of us just call it the Defense Authorization Bill, um, is the exception that proves the rule about Congress being gridlocked and dysfunctional. It, it, um, it, in the modern era in which the defense budgeting process uh, has been the way it is, which is back to the Kennedy administration, uh, this bill has become law one way or another every single year. Uh, it has never not become law. There, there are um, a lot of people don't know this, but technically, many of the departments and agencies uh, where a lot of uh, your listeners work are not technically authorized. The authorizations are not up to date, but the Pentagon is reauthorized without fail every year. And you know, looking at the roster of differences that I was just able to come up with, a sort of a little bit off the top of my head here, or with a little bit of work. Uh, there have been bigger ones. There, there, there are no huge differences. Uh, there have been, there have been huge differences during the height of the war on terror, during the Cold War. Uh, very, very big differences between, a, especially when one half of Congress has won by run by Republicans and the other by Democrats. Uh, you know, this year's list of roster of rosters is of differences is not all that huge. The family leave, for example, that's come up. I think in almost every Congress. And it tends to be brought in by Democrats, but I don't think that in general there's widespread Republican opposition to granting to federal employees that which many people in the private sector have. Yep, that, that's a great example. I mean, you, you mentioned the $17 billion in, uh, in difference, and it's not even – I mean, that's just a couple of percentage points difference in terms of the money to be authorized. There are differences on – uh, you know, nuclear nuclear weapons uh, construction. There is there is another another sort of social policy issue, which was that the uh, the House Democratic bill, which passed on a party line vote, um, would overturn the Trump administration ban on transgender uh, people in uniform. Uh, the Senate bill, which is much more bipartisan and I think only passed with like six dissenting votes. Uh, is silent on this. There are another handful of issues like that. I, I and and I don't think many people are expecting this will get done before the August recess. Um, it is likely to happen. Um, the negotiations will likely happen, drag on until the fall. But sooner or later, so long as it gets done, really by the time Congress goes home for the holidays at the end of the year, um, the Pentagon will be happy. Yeah, because there are some things in there that seem to be of real dear interest to some members of the Democrat side, you know, the more so-called progressive ones, such as not That's having right. the Pentagon spend any money at Trump-controlled properties, you know, at the Trump organization. Right. The question, I guess, is— and some <laughs> of these issues— well, I was going to say the, the question well, is, do they spend any money there now, and do they even care if they spend any money there? Uh, you know, I, that's a good question. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Some, some of these are um, political positioning amendments, to be sure, um, and some of those so, – so the Republicans, the, the, the senators, Republican and Democrat, Jim Inhofe, who's a pretty conservative 
uh, socially conservative uh, Republican from Oklahoma, Jack Reed, Democrat from Rhode Island, who is, uh, you know, a mainstream progressive Democrat. But but they're, the general rule of thumb is they want to get this thing done if they will con- if they conclude that this is an amendment with that has some political symbolism but not too much teeth and this can actually harm readiness. Uh, there will be an inclination to let some of this stuff go. More more nettlesome, you know, I think is the Guantanamo Bay issue. This is this comes up from time to time. The Democrats in the House, their bill um, would lift the ban on bringing detainees to the United States for trial. Um, this is a hot hot button issue, uh, and the the Senate is silent on this. That's something they'll have to they'll have to negotiate. They they will have to more substantively, as I mentioned. Uh, the the House bill has a ban on developing low-yield nuclear weapons. Uh, the Senate bill funds that uh, the way the president uh, would request. So there's an actual sort of hard-line defense hardware dispute that will have to get fixed. Um, but as I say, there, there are, yes, there are tons and tons of little amendments. This is – some of them sound a little – seem inconsequential and symbolic more than substantive – uh, and my guess is what will happen is what usually happens is that over the August recess, when senators and House members are away, the staffers will stick around and try and what they call pre-conference, which is sort of see how many of these little things they can figure out at the staff level before they take it to the senators and the House members in the fall. We're speaking with David Hawkins, editor-in-chief of The Fulcrum. And on that subject of amendments, The Fulcrum is running an interesting piece by James D'Angelo of the Congressional Research Institute saying his contention, and I'm sure this is controversial also, but the transparency over amendments and voting on them and so forth that was instituted in 1970 by Congress has actually worked against good legislation and worked against uh, the comity and negotiating and getting along in Congress and has given rise to the rancor we uh, have now. That That is right. So this is – thank you. Thanks for mentioning it. Thanks for reading it. Um, Right. This is on our opinion section. This is not a news story on the fulcrum, but we, this is on our op-ed section. James D'Angelo is sort of a, uh, a provocateur in the world of democracy reform because he has a pretty counterintuitive um, position that he ar- articulates pretty forcefully, which is, in general, transparent. too much transparency is bad for the regular functioning of government. And a main point of his was sort of what I was alluding to a few minutes ago, which is when you do all this legislating in the sunshine, uh, it, tempts, it tempts members of Congress to play to the cameras, to play to the political, uh, to make the political move rather than the legislatively substantive move in order to try and get some attention or to, in order to try and make your opponent feel uncomfortable. Um, D'Angelo's point is that uh, there's too much time now is spent on the floor of the House and the Senate uh, with these sort of, uh, some are calling, some call them gotcha amendments, essentially. You know, I propose something that will make my political opponents uh, squirm to vote either for or against, but I'm going to propose it just to make a point. He says there's a lot of wasted time here uh, and that what what Congress could really benefit from uh, is doing more of this, of its work off camera, um, out of more in the shadows. Now, you know, the countervailing view is Congress should be able to do both. They can have they can they can sort of make political hay in the sunshine uh, and cut the deals behind closed doors. That's the way it was more often um, in my earlier time in Washington in the 90s and the double zeros and even into the teens. 
it, you know, it, it, there has been a, a Congress has been, as I say, been able to do both. They've been able to have uh, political showmanship and gamesmanship in public, uh, and then when the lights go down, uh, members of Congress cut deals and get policies made. Well, maybe because they can't smoke inside any of the buildings anymore. <laughs> they can't do anything in smoke-filled yeah, rooms. Maybe that's why. No smoke-filled rooms, yeah. Smoke-filled right. balconies only, just a few of them. Something like that. David Hawkins is editor-in-chief of the Fulcrum, as always. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.